Hey, Mark, mm-hmm. I've been saying for years that Ping help you play your best because that is exactly what they've done for me throughout my entire career. And now I've been having a look at the new Blueprint S and T irons, and boy, they are impressive. So much so that I've got the new Blueprint S irons in my bag at the moment. So what do you like about them so much? I mean, I've never seen you this excited about a golf club. Well, I could go through the specs, which are exceptional, but I won't. I will say, though, that if you're looking for more ball speed and if you want to lower your scores, if you want to mix and match and still look great, you should check them out because the new Blueprint S and T irons, they are definitely worth a look. Nice. Just book in with your local golf shop or professional to arrange a ping club fitting. It's week 46 of the golfing calendar and just over a week until the Australian Open hits Sydney. But before we hook into the show, a massive thanks to our mates at Ping. They will help you play your best. You can get a Ping club fitting from your local golf shop or pro. Can't recommend it enough. And the Golf Clearance Outlet. Their Black November sale continues with new deals added daily. In-store if you're near one or online at golfclearanceoutlet.com.au. But now... Feeling nearly as excited as David Michaluzzi, this is Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen. Talk birdie to me. Great to be back at Golf Australia and Australian Golf Headquarters, Mm. Nick. We've been all over the place lately, so it is nice to be back. What have you brought? Now, we do this after an Australian win. What are you going to claim this? Well... I've got a good reason for this one because, first of all, you bagged the hell out of me, you two. Yeah, that's right. Last, uh, last week for not bringing in a New Zealand Deservedly. wine. That's fair enough. However, we did commentate the Victorian PGA oh, Championship down on the Mornington Peninsula. That's a so soft I thought, kill. you know what? I'm going to bring in a, uh, a Mornington Pinot. This one's uh, Red Claw. Haven't yeah, tried right it, eh? but I hear it's an absolute beauty. 2021 right. Pinot Noir. Well, go your heart. That's all I can say. Okay. Well, see if you like it. Ooh, it's got a nice colour. It sounds mm. nice when you pour it next to that microphone. It certainly does, doesn't it? Go on. Cheers. All right. All right. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Beautiful. There we go. Okay. Um, in case you're wondering, have you been uh, just having a look at some of the results? Are you um, very happy cheers to David Michaluzzi oh, for, for winning the Vic PGA. We got, we got caught up with drinking it. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're there toasting you who we're going to toast. <laughs> How about some of the results on the weekend? I mean, kids, if you are thinking about turning pro, you'd want to start practicing. I mean, the quality of golf played this weekend is probably the best I've seen for a long, long time on every tour. On the Challenger PGA Tour of Australasia, we had a kid from New Zealand in his first month Shoot 67, 67, 66 the first three rounds and mm. lead by six. He didn't go on with it. We'll talk about that a little bit later. We saw Aubert. Oh, it's gone to Aubert now. Yeah. So it's yeah. not Aberg. It's not Aubert. No, it's Aubert. Aubert. Well, that's what the Americans are calling him. Ludwig. Or, or, we'll yeah, just call him Ludy. Ludy. Uh, Ludy shoots a couple of 61s oh. on the weekend to rip that field to shreds and probably take Rookie of the Year over the young Eric Cole. Eric Cole, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're both going to end up in the top 50 in the world after this week. That is a mighty effort. Yeah, on your first in your, in your first year on the PGA mm. Tour, I mean, Eric's been there all year and he's been good to watch. Um, but Ludwig, what's he had, about 15, 14 weeks? <sighs> and he's found his way in and, you know, he turns pro, wins in Europe, plays a Ryder Cup and wins in America in the first 15 weeks of his 
of his career. Crazy. Can we talk about him in a tick? We will. And then on the DP World Tour, we had a bloke birdie the entire back nine in round three. Don't worry about that. Mm. Let's go to the girls. The girls <laughs> went ballistic yet to be 21 under par to be anywhere near the lead after three rounds. I know. it's The standard is just getting better and better every year. I mean, I, I woke up Sunday morning after seeing Matt Wallace yeah. birdie every hole on the back nine. It was disappointing he didn't shoot 59. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> He's soft. Yeah, he had a nine into the par five last. Needed to make eagle, knocked it in the bunker, almost hold the bunker shot. It's got to be a European tour record, isn't it? Nine birdies in a row. It was. I think it equaled the European tour record. I don't think, I'm not sure if anyone's done it on the back nine, nine straight, no. though, on the back no, nine. Well, but, no, no one's ever yeah. birdied nine holes in a row on any tour, anywhere, mm. when it's actually the front or the back nine. Yeah. That's the first time it's ever happened. Do you guys remember how many birdies in a row you did as your maximum at any one point in time? Oh, seven. I think six for me. I think I've, yeah. I think six. I had a nine-hole stretch where I didn't make a par. I had eight birdies and a bogey. Yeah. And the bogey was even a one putt because I hit it in the water. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, six of those were in a row. So yeah. I've never done. Where'd you do seven? Uh, just uh, it was a qualifying course somewhere up uh, Sydney Way. Mm. Oh, I've forgotten. It's it's a, it's a little course in the west and it was a qualifying somewhere a triple bogey the first I think I told you this story triple the first I thought my day was done and I turned four under oh, <laughs> oh, wow thanks for coming but uh, no, look, but in honesty it's just a qualifying on a yeah, course it wasn't a tournament course but I always remember it you always remember those yeah. things the thing is when you get to three four five you don't actually start thinking no. about it because you just want to keep going and get, stay in that zone well but, I, I was lucky because um when when I got going, all these par fives appeared from nowhere. Yeah, you know, I, I'd never seen the course before, and I, the first four were genuine, and then you know the fifth was a par five, the sixth was a little hole, and the seventh was a par five. Mm. So I just you know the timing was right. Yeah, it was. But as, as I said, I woke up Sunday morning and I'm looking at the scores, just checking the PGA Tour, the DP World Tour, and I see Matt Wallace shoot yeah. sixty twelve under. On the PGA Tour, you had Ludwig and uh, Eric Cole both shoot 61. Yep. Mackenzie Hughes shot, shot 60, 60 that day. He shot 60, 63 over the weekend, didn't win the golf tournament. It's just ridiculous. How scary is that? It's and ridiculous. Then, and then you have, as you mentioned, LPGA. Um, Yang ended up winning 27 under. Asian Tour, 24 under wins. Kabori here mm. in Australia, 16 under through three days. As you mentioned, if you want to be a pro these days... Just get out there and work your butt off because work the hard. standard is incredible. All the cuts are coming down. Four or five undercuts are the norm now, whereas yeah. back in the day it was always square, one under, maybe one over, mm. something like that. Corn Ferry Tour, sometimes you get a six or seven undercut. Yeah. Asian Tour, same thing. It's phenomenal how good these kids are. Well, the one thing I did notice, though, uh, on the weekend of all the tours, the weather was superb. You know, there was no wind mm. in Georgia. Uh, and at the Earth Course... It was a little bit windy, but pretty wide place and huge amounts of green space. Mm. The greens were enormous. I think Wallace said after his round they were picking and placing, ball in hand. Yeah, well, there you there. go. There's I know, no reason. I know in Sea Island, the one on the PGA Tour course was soft as. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, the course yep. the courses weren't that difficult, but he's still got to make the putts. Well, so this is what I want to talk to you about because I know they've played very good and you don't often get a week where just every single tournament – you know, the numbers are getting crazy. You're loving this red wine, oh, aren't you? Look at you. Just had a sip then. <laughs> oh, what do you think, then? You are murdering that. <laughs> it's nearly gone. Well, you know. 
it is getting to a stage where the driver is now the easiest club in the bag to hit. There's no doubt about that. I spoke to Jeff Ogilvy. I was doing a little thing for Huntingdale. You know, it was their last day before mm. the redo at Huntingdale. Jeff Ogilvy was there. He said he never, ever, and nobody ever these days hits a three-wood to be safe. They only ever hit a three-wood is if they're laying up short of a, you know, a, a corner or a bunker. Mm. But never these days do they hit a three-wood for safety. Mm. Well, case in point, Ludwig, I think over the week over the, the week uh, at Sea Island, yeah. he just hit driver everywhere. Everywhere. And, and I think he's about, what they mentioned, third or fourth longest on tour, and his accuracy is around the 30th on tour. So yeah. you combine those two, you may as well just hit driver any chance you can. And unless you've got to lay it up short of a water hazard or yeah. something like that. But even on the last hole, he had a two or three shot lead and he just pumps driver down yeah, there. It's that's right. crazy. That's right. So this is why I think we really do need to start making the ball spin mm. again. And smaller Be- heads. Yeah, because the golf ball is not a golf ball anymore when people have got a driver in their hands. The golf ball is it's a missile. It doesn't spin. It's designed not to spin. Uh, the, the golf clubs the ball is hit with is designed not to spin the ball. So we're getting to a point now where you know, if you're not carrying it 300 yards with a little bit of tail, um, then you're getting left for dead. And I, I, I've been saying it for a long time now, but if we've got the technology for uh, a Pro V1 and a Pro V1X to spin differently when you're hitting them with a driver or long irons, the same with the TP5 or the TP5X, and the same with Callaway, the same with all of them. Yep. They have the ability to get the thing spinning less with the longer clubs. Mm. So if ball technology has gone that far, you don't need to make the ball spin that much further mm. for someone like DJ or Aubert to lose 10 steps. And I, I, not only will they lose 10 steps, but they'll pick up side spin yeah. on the on the shots that aren't so flash. Yeah. Because that's the real, that's the thing at the moment. I think it's a combination. It's the ball for sure, but the size of the heads of the drivers. <laughs> I was just trying out the new... Ping G425, yeah. I think it is the yeah. latest one, the Max. And yeah. this thing is so good. Yeah. It's so easy to hit. It's it. You just pump it out there and away you go. And a very little spin on the ball. And I mean, hey, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to try and get any every benefit I can, obviously, <laughs> these days. But I think if they could limit the size of the driver head, make the ball spin a little bit more, well, then all That's of a sudden it. the driver becomes what used to be the hardest club in the bag. It's not so much the easiest club anymore. And it used to be the hardest. Yeah. So I, I, the balance is out of whack. Yeah. Just, just, just enough. To make this sort of scoring the norm, and, and I would prefer to, for it not to be the norm, particularly, you know, golf courses are designed in a manner to test everybody, but these guys aren't getting tested. I mean, it is literally a 300-yard drive and then get a wedge out, and, you know, with the sharpness of the grooves that these guys have got, and, and they're, they're swapping over sand irons whenever they need to. Tiger every week when he used to play. Um, Rory every second week with the lob wedge and mm. probably every month with the, all the other wedges, they can fizz the ball from anywhere. It doesn't matter about the rough. They can still fizz it. Mm. So I think the balance is slightly out of whack. There is talk that it's going to be fixed up, and the, for mine, the, the, the sooner the better. Oh, I agree. But let's go Ludwig, oh. because this guy, he's something special. So you said how many events has he played? Yeah, how many? 11 events as a pro. on the PGA Tour as a pro. He okay. was, what was he, number one amateur in the world or he, around he, there? He won he, the university rankings, he, didn't he? He got the very first ever mm. PGA Tour university exemption, and he has used it like no other kid will use it. There'll never be another mm. start to a career like this. No, no, for sure. But he's 
as you mentioned, on the winning Ryder Cup team. He's yep. won in Europe. Yep. He's won on the PGA Tour. Yeah. Uh, he set a few records this week. I've got a few things that I just yeah. quickly looked up. The ties the lowest seventy-two hole total ever. Is to that right? Two hundred and fifty-three. Because oh. this was a par seventy. Remember, That's he was right. twenty-seven yep. under. Yeah. Lowest fifty-four hole score ever. Yeah. Rounds two to four, he had 186 strokes. <laughs> so what's that averaging? 62 yeah. per round. Yeah. Ties the lowest 36-hole total ever, the final two rounds, 61-61. Yeah. And yeah. Hughes had 123 and got beaten. Yeah, which is ridiculous. And it was the lowest score over yeah. the final two rounds ever as well. But the thing about him is everything about his game I love. Yeah. His golf swing. Okay, I know you've got your top five list yeah. going. But... He doesn't get into my top five. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, he's at the top of mine. Yeah, he is. He is at the top of mine. Firstly, the tempo. It's oh. kind of got that faster tempo. I love that. Yeah. The other thing I love about him, pace of play. Yeah, he, he he's moves. ready to go. Yeah. You know, as soon as the other players, his, his uh, playing partner hits, boom, he's gone. And yeah. I love that. And uh, it was brilliant. Well, brilliant to watch. I know he's played well, and I know he's broken a lot of records. But when you looked at his stats this week, mm. it, it's just ridiculous. So he what was, is it? He was first in par four scoring. That's a really, that's a big one. That is. That's a big one. Given there's... Yeah. He's first in shots gained off the tee. He's first in shots gained tee to green. He's first <laughs> in birdie percentage... From 200 plus yards. So he's got that one as well. Mm-hmm. He's tied first for stand saves. He's tied first in total driving. He's tied first in total eagles. He's tied first in rough tendency. He's tied first in bogey avoidance. Only had two <laughs> for the week. He's tied first from putting from three to four feet. So right there, you've got putting, sand saves, total driving. And irons. Sp- irons. Long irons. I mean, it's it's everything. It's not like it's not like he's just you know driving a million miles and hauling everything. He's doing everything better than the best players that are left mm. in America, in the world. So you just said he's got into the top fifty now in the world rankings. He was fifty three. He was fifty three. He's on the FedEx. He's fifty three on the FedEx Cup list. Well, I I, I looked up. I looked up his world ranking. Okay. And he was also 53. Really? Yeah, he was also okay. 53. Yeah. And I looked up Eric Cole and he was 48. Was he? Wow. Yes, in, in the world rankings. So He's had a heck of a year. Oh, incredible. And he's not a young rookie, by the way. How old is he now? I think he's... he's been playing mini tours. We've yeah. spoken to him a fair bit, actually, because we, we spoke be about the... thirties. 30s, I'm thinking. We oh. spoke about the mini tours, and not many people that understand the mini The mini tours, no. if you want to see crazy scoring where they don't really keep records, go and watch a few mini tour... Um, look him up and yep. just see what sort of scores win. It's 28, one, 28 under wins every week, That's every right. single week. Yep, it's it's insane. They don't play the tough courses. They don't have the best swings. They they walk around. They look a bit strange, but they shoot some of the most ridiculous scores you can ever imagine. Eric Cole is a rookie this year. And he's thirty five years old. That is just unheard of on what's, the PGA Tour. What's Ludwig? He's 23. Right. Uh, Ludwig, I think, is around 23, 24. Yeah. yeah. Now you got me looking up his, uh, <laughs> in case he was 53rd, just on the, well, I looked up, I, I went to the World Golf Rankings and he was 53rd and I know Cole, the same thing, he was mm. inside the top 50. So they're both going to finish in the top 50 and both those boys in their rookie seasons will be playing all the majors next season. What's so your, that is huge. What's your prediction for world ranking by the end of next year for Ludwig? Top five in the world. Really? Yeah. Okay. I, I, I think you'll... That's not a stretch. No, I was thinking top ten. I, th- I think you'll get... I think you'll get 
to top ten in the world faster than, than John Rahm. Scotty Scheffler, remember him? Yeah, he just oh. he raced up there as well. After he got that Ryder Cup pick, he just went yeah. through the roof. And yeah. coincidentally, Ludwig got the Ryder Cup pick, and look what he's doing. So yeah, that's right. <laughs> there was a bit of debate about him, but I thought all along this kid's uh, he's the real deal. What about the demeanour? You know, nothing's rushed. Even mm. when he's chasing, I mean, this time he was he was leading and just did it so beautifully. But the birdies on seventeen and eighteen, you know, the whole of those putts. He got a bit of luck on seventeen. Yeah, I mean, it was, was moving. It was moving. Yeah, yep. it was moving. Eighteen, but, eighteen just fell in the front. Yeah, that was perfect. Uh, and I saw some of the, you know, some of the some of the irons um, and the driving, it just so far with so much balance. But his temperament is the one for me that. Uh, I think we should talk about it's a it's an important factor mm. in professional golf. Well, we saw something with a temperament uh, on the PGA Tour as well, which we'll discuss shortly. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> actually, it wasn't on the PGA Tour; it was, it was on the DP, DP World Tour. Tour. So, if you didn't see this, Yoost uh, or Yoast yeah. Luton, yeah, um, Mike Waite, Sponge used to caddy for him a little bit as yeah, well. Yeah, that's right. So he ended up uh, hitting a tee shot on the ninth hole yeah. in the final round of the DP World Tour he wasn't, Championship. He, he wasn't happy with the tee shot. No, no, he wasn't. Threw the driver, yes. went up a tree. <laughs> <laughs> in an effort to get the driver down, he threw a couple of other clubs up there. There was three clubs. <laughs> three in the tree. The tree. How did he get them down? Well, in the end, he, he gave up. up he, walked, he walked off. He walked off swearing, and he played the ninth hole. With 11, 11 clubs, clubs, which you know, it doesn't really matter, <laughs> yeah. one hole. And apparently someone retrieved it and got, got, the, got it back to him on the, uh, on the 10th. It was a thing to behold, Would he be for fine sure. for that, Nick? Would he uh, be fine? Yeah, for throwing the club, absolutely. Was it 1,000 euros or oh, something? What did he get? Probably more than that, I would imagine. I, I don't know what the fines are these days on the DP World Tour. The PGA Tour would be more than that, for sure. But are we, are we going to put the, uh, the footage up on our socials? Have, oh, we got, have we got it? Oh, there's something there, there. There's some footage there, and there's a great photo I saw of, uh, of, of someone trying to climb the tree and about five blokes just standing yeah. there. Looking, <laughs> all, they're all looking up. At yeah. It's very funny. But the other thing is that his caddy was just standing there going, well, how the heck am I going to yeah. get this club down? And, and you know, we had a bit of debate over the weekend about caddies, and yeah. and, and we, now that's the time that you actually do need one because you want one to yeah. climb up the tree. Kazuma Kabori, <laughs> oh, who we, you know, we, well let, we, let's 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 pivot into him yeah. because the shoot sixty seven um, at the Open Course, then sixty seven on the Legends Course, and then sixty six on Saturday when he's on tally and in the last group, um, only made two bogeys for the week at that stage. You and I look at him going, well, he's a cool character. Mm. Uh, he's had a great swing. He had the whole lot of it. The putting stroke. Oh. The putting it stroke. It was like butter. He's just golden. Mm. Uh, you know, and at the start of the coverage, like we always do when someone's got a big lead, we always say, <laughs> you know, it's, it seems to get whittled away every single week. Yep. This week, I didn't think it was going to happen. Even though he was playing with Michelosi, I thought he was too cool. Mm. I, I, I was sure he was, particularly the day and how well he plays at this golf course, because if you don't know, he won the... Uh, tour school, Q school, mm-hmm. yeah, the the Challenger Australasian Tour School at the same venue and did it easy. I just didn't think I, I was, you know, he was. I just felt like he was always going to make more birdies and bogeys on this golf course with the putting stroke and the way he'd been hitting the ball. Yeah, and with a six shot lead, you think, well, someone's going to have to go way low to yeah. catch him. But then we saw him on the first tee on his lonesome, mm-hmm. and I know he's been, you know, pulling that golf bag by himself. His entire amateur career, and he's comfortable doing it. But when you're playing for big money, it's different. It's a different situation because it, you know, especially early in your career, playing on the 
Challenger PGA Tour of Australasia, not going to be presented six shots head start when $45,000 is at the end of the rainbow. Yeah. And and look, I, I get the fact that you know it's a, an expense thing, I mean, at the moment for a lot of young pros yep. and things like that. However, I would have got someone just to pull the buggy for it yes. because it saves. And, and the other thing is by the end of the week, this Sunday, You've played your practice round. You played the pro am if you yep. got the invite. Yep. You are tired. Cooked. Six rounds of golf in a row wears you out. And Muna links especially it's a hard course that's to a walk. Hard walk, and you've got to drag that buggy all the way yep. around yep. the golf course, all the way around the greens. You've got to rake your own bunkers. Yep. yep. Do all the little things that a caddy you just take for granted. And you watch Michaluzzi, who was playing with him. Just he had the caddy and the bag. Man. He's just stro- it's like a stroll in the park basically. Yeah. So. It's a it's a lesson learnt, and yeah. I think I actually think, and you think the same thing. There almost should be a rule, I think, for final day, yeah. maybe the last few groups or something last like four that. Four groups, yeah, because it looks great on TV as well. well. Well, the product doesn't look as good. I mean, if you with a caddy is if, what I'm saying. Yeah, if you knew um, the ins and outs of the coverage, mm. everybody would be impressed. Well, how they get the coverage up and going totally. with limited cameras, limited manpower. Um, it's it's been back through 4G. There's a lot going on. There is. I think it would be nice if the players agreed to make it look as professional as we all want it to look. Yep. So I'm, I'm not having a crack at anybody there. No. I just think if we're all in and we want to make the best product possible, I think it would be easy to get the players to agree. So it might only be eight players. Let's say half of them have already got a caddy. Yep. So you're probably probably looking for four caddies yeah. just to make the coverage look superb. So I think that's got to be down the track. But I also think, Nick, it's for their own good. Yes. That's the other bit. <laughs> it's for their own good. We're actually helping them. Now, a lot of them, you know, like, they probably carried the bag or they pulled the bag and they got there by doing it that way. Yeah. I did the same thing. I mean, I carried yep. my bag early on as well. But it's okay to carry and pull your own bag when you're playing well. When you're not playing well, like <sighs> Kabori got off to a bad start. He hooked one off the first. He's two over through three or four holes. You're going, this is when a caddy earns their money. Yeah. So they can talk to you, just calm you down, get your mind away from the game between shots. That's so important. Yeah. Because... You could almost see him thinking, thinking, thinking as he's walking down the fairways going, what's going on with my game today? You yeah. don't even worry about it as you're walking down the fairway. You worry about it when you get to the golf ball. Yeah. yeah. The other thing with a caddy that's never spoken about is how valuable they are in the practice rounds. Yes. So I know when I first turned pro, I mean, when I turned pro, I wanted to be a really good player. You know, I didn't want to play professional golf as a hobby. So... Um, Ian Stanley was somebody who came from my golf club at the time, which was Huntingdale Golf Club, and Bob Shearer and all those guys. They, they really made sure that I had caddies right from the start, and that just was in my head. And I, I think I played well early because I used the caddy in the practice rounds, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. They were always there. In the end, on those days that aren't tournament days, they become your trainer. Mm. You've got a trainer. It'd be like boxing, you know. How how often can you just hit the heavy bag? Yep. Every once in a while, you know, you've got someone who gets the pads and you're doing <laughs> some different stuff, or even better, they might get in the ring and spar with you. For sure. So they'll, they'll put pressure on you. They'll Instead of hitting four chips and then hitting a few putts, you, you, sometimes when you've got a caddy and they're rolling the ball back to you around every green on a golf course you've never seen before, you're 12. I mean, the, the difference in getting sharp mm. and ready to play a tournament it's extreme when you've got a caddy helping out. I totally agree. And if you have 
at each course, for instance, here in Australia, you could get, just get some of the local young either juniors yeah. or, or the club champion or whatever. They know the golf course yeah. and they can really help these players out. Yes, and, and and you had a great relationship with yours. I mean, mm. I, I never played with you and you and, no. and, and Wilbur, but I saw you together, and I've, you know, obviously I've yeah. heard you talk about Wilbur as well. <laughs> but some of the some of the situations just gives a bit of an insight. Some of the situations you may well have been in, where Wilbur was there. And you could just lean on him a little bit. Absolutely. Or, or even better, when Wilbur knew yes. that something might have been floating around, a little butterfly floating around and you're gone, and he could tell. For sure. And he could. Yeah. Can you give us an example? Well, the art of the, the good caddy is, especially when you're not playing well, every now and then, I mean, and Wilbur and I, we had this relationship where he could sort of see, when I'm, I was playing well, he didn't really have to say much. He just let me go. It was like, mm. I was a finely tuned engine. He knew I was on song that day, and yeah. I just give him a little... Okay, we're feeling pretty good right here. And he go, okay, I'm just going to step back. I'm going to let you do your thing. And then other days we would go. How good? I would say to Wilbur, mate, I have no clue where the ball's going today. And he goes, okay, we're going to really work through this, yeah. and I'm going to help you the whole way. So that's that's the beautiful part about the player caddy relationship. So, and in a way, on those days when I was really struggling, the first mm. thing he did as soon as I hit a shot, we'd start talking about cricket, football, soccer, yeah. anything to get my mind away from the game because it's on those bad days that yeah. you start overthinking yeah and that's when a caddy i think earns their money the most and it really helped me probably the, the prime example was when i missed a three-foot putt to win the australian pga championship yeah at Coolum. i mean i was just a mess afterwards yep. in the scorer's hut and i was trying to go okay i couldn't even see my scorecard i was just you know in a complete daze yeah and we're sitting there and i've signed my card eventually <laughs> i got him to check it because i said is this right mate yeah. i'm, I'm I'm, I'm really struggling here, and he knew it. You're in a state. Yeah. And the cart ride from the scorer's hut back to the 18th tee was about a two or three, four-minute ride. That ride, we had a really good chat together, and he got my mind switched back on. He says, hey, mm. hey, we, you haven't lost this. We're still in it. You're playing phenomenal golf. Let's just go one shot at a time. And if he wasn't there, I'm not sure I would have won that golf tournament. Yeah, it made a massive difference. Isn't that a great example? Mm. Now, I want to ask you this question. Kazuma... He hit a really bad drive off the first, hmm. a, a bad one, and it's so bad he had to chip it out sideways. Now, if Wilbur was on the tee with young Kazuma, yep. I reckon he would have been able to sense something, and he doesn't have to get into his head at that stage. It's almost just a distraction. Yeah. Hey, look over here. That's, that's it right look, there. <laughs> look over here, you know. Come with me over here. Or just anything. Yep. And just relax the kid. Mm-hmm. Oh, if Kazuma's got someone who's doing that for him, he pipes one down the middle. I'm absolutely certain of it. Mm. He doesn't make bogey on the first, and away he goes. Yeah. Tick tock, and, and it's there. And you know what? I reckon some of these kids do it because they're trying to save money. Yes, I totally agree. And, and, and I, I understand it. Yep. It's like early on in my career when I was traveling to Europe, one of the best bits of advice I ever got was. Do not go in economy. Go yes. business class. Your body will appreciate it because yep. if you lie down and you get the flat bed and all that, it was expensive. At the time, I was thinking, I'm not sure I can afford this. This is really expensive, yep. but it paid off. Yeah. You've got to back yourself. Absolutely. I know. Mm. I got to the last stage of the US tour school one year and 
business, you know. Yeah. I just you just had to buy it was like an eight thousand dollar ticket. It was more money, you know. <laughs> I, it was an eight thousand dollar ticket. I think uh, the entry fee to the tour school back then was like uh, seven or eight thousand US dollars. So, you know, add those two up, it's twenty thousand already. Mm. It's six rounds, so it's eight rounds with a caddy. It just went up and up and up and up. I missed the tour school. Got my little card on the on the secondary school over there, the Hogan tour or whatever it was, the Nike tour or whatever. But I, I know that if I didn't go business class, I was cooked. Yep, for sure. So there there are all these things where you've got to spend. It's the old saying: isn't it? Hmm. you got to spend money. To make, make money. money. You got it. Is there a psychological impact as well in having one? And what I mean by that is, you know how if you if you got a new car, you're in a new car, you feel a million bucks. You've got a brand new suit, you feel a million mm-hmm. bucks. If you don't have a caddy and the bloke you're playing against oh. does, do you feel like slightly lesser yes. against him? I, I would have. I never let myself have that feeling. I yep. always had a good caddy. I always wanted to have every possible advantage going my way. One of those reasons was I wasn't, you know, good enough. Like Nico, I had to have everything going, pointing in the one in the right direction. Like you, you couldn't have afford to. And that's you know, in the end, that's why I stopped playing when I was thirty-three because I had no money left because I would not do it cheap because mm. I knew if I started doing it cheap, then golf was just a hobby. Yes, and I didn't want golf to be a hobby. I wanted it to be. My profession. Hmm. There's no getting around it, is there? No. No, I'm going to carry your bag into this break here, uh, Mark. We got through the front nine. It's good. <laughs> right. Well, we got we got a voicemail. We got the feedback. We got the Ping Global Results. Uh, and a big thank you to Ping as well. They've been so good to us. We really appreciate it. And the golf clearance outlet, mm. honestly, those gloves, they're just selling like hotcakes. So if you want if you want one of these thirteen dollar gloves, go to golfclearanceoutlet.com.au. Hi, it's the Ox here. Right now you're listening to Talk Birdie to me with my mate Marco. And my better mate, Nick O'Hearn. If you haven't given Marco's other podcast a listen yet, it's a ripper. It's called A Couple of Blokes, and it's basically Marco and I having a yak, mucking around and having a bit of fun. So when you've listened to this episode of Talk Birdie to Me, just search A Couple of Blokes and you'll find us there. We'll be waiting for you. Now, if you haven't checked out the Golf Clearance Outlet, then you, I can guarantee you this, are missing out. And if you have, well, you know what we're talking about. Great time to drop in because with all the new equipment released in January, good old Sam at the Golf Clearance Outlet is licking his lips because the stores are chock full of 2023 branded clearance product. And you know that was a hell of a year for golf equipment, Nick. You're spot on there, Mark. There's heaps of gear for righties, of course. But as you know, I am a lefty, so there's a heap of gear for lefties Mm. as well. And plenty for both men and women. And if you're after a great Prezi idea, you can get gift cards in store or online. So if you're looking for great golf gear and great prices, the Golf Clearance Outlet needs to be in your plans to go and check it out. See the team in store at Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane and Perth or online, golfclearanceoutlet.com.au. It's that simple, Nick. Can't wait. Hang on, hang on, Nick. I thought you were righty putting now. Oh, that's right. I forgot. (laughs) (laughs) Like the podcast? No. Maybe tell a friend. Drop them a text or share it on your socials. This is Talk Birdie to Me with Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen. Hey, I just said to go to the Golf Clearance Outlet. Hmm. 
if you want one of those gloves. Sam Colosimo, he would kill me because he would want everyone to know there's not just gloves at the golf clearance <laughs> outlet. There are the biggest brands in golf. Titleist, you can get every single glove, every ball, every, everything you need at the golf clearance outlet. So it's not just $13 Cabretta gloves. There is stacks more. Yep. Stacks Titleist, and stacks and stacks ping. more. Titleist, ping, everything. everything. You go there, you'll get looked after. Now, you guys heard the voicemail beep just before the yes, break, yes, mm -hmm. yes, which yes, means yes. we have a voicemail. Okay. Right right with it. You have one new voicemail. New message. G'day, Nick and Marco. Loving the show. Nick, I recently dusted off a set of uh, old Ping i3 Pluses I purchased for my 30th birthday, which was uh, unfortunately over 20 years ago. I was blown away at just how amazing they were despite the age. I've been using T200 Titleists of late, uh, but these Pings are absolutely pure. So my question to you is, what were your favourite Pings and would the Ping i3 Pluses still be legal today? Also, Marco, uh, thanks for the masterclass tip on the Greg Norman hip movement. That has been an absolute game changer for my driver. Thanks, boys. Love the show. Isn't that nice? Mm. The Ping i3 Pluses. I'm wondering if he's thinking about the i3 Blades. Maybe. Yeah, because I've got the i3 Blades. I still have a set. Uh, yeah. They're quite. Uh, he, they used to have the i2 Pluses. Yeah. I'm not sure they did an i3 Plus, but I'm thinking he might be meaning yeah. the i3 Blades. I'm going to go with that. Yeah. They are pure, by the way. I had a hit with them about a month or so ago, I think, and mm. they still feel fantastic. I, I love all the Ping range. Every time Ping bought out a new iron, I went from... The only ones that looked really funky were the Ping Zings. Oh. Do you remember those? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The I2s. I Lu Lucy and Tinkler had a set of them, oh, yeah. and Lucy <laughs> loved it. I reckon he had that same set for about 15 yeah. years. So they had the I2s and then maybe the I2 Plus, and they might have been the ones with the box grooves, and they had mm. that whole debate about whether the grooves were legal and things like that. I'm not sure if they'd be legal these days. No, I don't they're know. Not, they're not legal. Yeah. And then they went to the I3 Blades, and then they went through the whole S59, 58, 57 range. My favourites out of all those, the S56s, there was something about those that just looked perfect to my eye. And now I have the eye blades, and I'm waiting for the new blueprint, the S blueprint to come. So uh, <laughs> I've ordered them, and they're coming. But I uh, I love that he's got those ones out again, the I3 Blades. I think they're a phenomenal iron. When I, when I was a kid, I was 16 years old, and Bernard Langer came to uh, town to play mm -hmm. the Australian Masters, and he had the old beryllium lob wedge. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the, the first ones with the illegal grooves. <laughs> he had the beryllium lob wedge and the sandwich. Yeah. And I saw them, and I saved and saved and saved and saved and saved, and I, and I got them. I just could. I was I was fizzing yeah. the ball that much. The beryllium was, copper. Oh, they were incredible. Peter Fowler, he always had uh, an old um, ping eye two lob wedge. Yeah. He'd use that out of the bunker. How out about it. the grind on that thing? Oh my gosh, it was incredible. It the was heel, it was just he ground the heck out of that thing, and <laughs> it was just it was something to watch him out of the out of the bunkers in the short game. Peter's been a long time ping player. Yeah, he's been a superstar. That's a great voicemail from uh, from Sam. And if you want to leave one for us, go to talkbirdie2me.com.au. Leave a message, send it in, and we'll, uh, we'll play it on the pod. Mm. Beautiful. we got time for some feedback? We do. Okay, this one from Tony. Hey, guys, I love the pod. Wednesday is now my favourite day. That's very nice. Oh, that's very beautiful. Nice. Although the pod goes Comes up on out Tuesday. Tuesday yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Doesn't have time, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, t- we'll go with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was at RQ for my induction day for the PGA next Thursday, and look who I saw in a poster for uh, for the for the PGA. Champion, love it. And see the photo there? Ah, photo of yeah. Nick yeah, That was when I missed that three-foot putt, and Wilbur got me <laughs> steadied and won in the playoff. So that, well, they call it the driver fame. So basically, you can turn mm. up at any tournament now, even some of the amateur tournaments. Yeah, they pictures of uh, the past champions as you drive in. It's fantastic. It is. They do it at Vic, the Vic Open down at 13th yep. Beach as you're driving in there. But the PGA, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. And RQ this week mm. for the Australian PGA Championship, I'll, I might even go down and... Maybe sneak a photo next to it. Who knows? Is there a past champion Boost category? Boost the ego a bit. Could you have played if you wanted to? Um, possibly. Yeah. I'd, I'd probably need an invite. I don't know what the how. I don't know how many years the past champion extends. Can I tell you this? Just I, on the PGA, go on. Well, I, I'm in a category for career money that I could use to play on the Challenger PGA Tour of Australasia. You get two years, okay. given my career money status and all that. But. Yeah. I don't play in practice no, anymore, no, and there's no point in me no. taking a spot away from one of these kids. No, that's, so. that's the right attitude. I did notice the fourth member of our commentary team, mm-hmm. Ryan Lynch, he flew up to Queensland to try and qualify, so he's, he had no practice. Went up there, shot even par, missed qualifying by two shots. Oh, I was going to ask, I saw the scores, I didn't know how many spots they had available, Five. I saw he shot... Yeah. Sure, he shot level. That's really yeah. good. Yeah, it's yeah. really, really good. So, what's that called? Is that called the uh, the Walk of Fame? Is it what's called? The Driver Fame. The Driver yeah. Fame. It'll yeah. be on the uh, par three. I think it's about the sixteenth or seventeenth hole, something like that. You know what they should do? They should have had the photos of all the guys who finished second, and have that on the walk <laughs> to the to the toilets. Yeah, yeah. I'd, 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 number twos. I would feature prominently the, the Australians. I would feature prominently at the Australian Open. <laughs> um, Dodsey. I love watching Aussie golf at the moment. If we could cover a few more groups, it would be a bit even better, but I'll take what we have right now. I love the commentary on attacking golf. It's like getting a free lesson listening to you guys and explaining why things are happening. Oh, that's great. Thank yeah. you. Thanks, we, Glenn. We, we enjoy talking about golf. We really do. Mm. Yeah. From Anonymous, this guy said, can you please not say my name? Ooh. So we Ooh. will keep Righto. it controversial. Anonymous here. Okay. okay. I'm a bit disappointed Dan has been knocked back from Portsea. I'm a few metres from the fourth green. My lawnmower and leaf blower will be running about 50 minutes after his tea times. Oh, oh, come on. Come on. <laughs> you can't be doing that, Anonymous. Come on. Mm. It's a bit petty. It is a little bit petty. Uh, on Dan Andrews, we have another one. Oh. Uh, Marco, strap yourself in here, buddy. Righto. All right. This is from Lachlan. Yes. Now, and we're, we're nothing if not honest on this podcast. Of course we are. Yep. Lachlan has said, Hey guys, I'm a big fan of the podcast and thoroughly enjoy the weekly celebration of all things Aussie golf. I was a bit confused on last week's podcast to hear the chat around and the lack of criticism for the alleged refusal of membership for Dan Andrews at Portsea. This sort of behaviour is what gives golf a bad name and contradicts the idea that golf is open to everyone even if it's someone you don't like. Well, no, no, everyone's uh, very much uh, entitled to their thoughts, and there's lots of people who think exactly like that. But unfortunately, at a golf club, um, golf clubs are not just for golf. Golf clubs, for a lot of people, it's where they are social. And if enough of the members um, aren't happy with a proposed uh, new person to the club, then apparently uh, at a lot of clubs, and it's, it's not just for Dan Andrews, by the yeah, way. It's happened to other a, people that a, I know. A lot of media people, a lot of sports people get proposed to places, um, and they, they're not allowed in. Shane Warne, you know, he ended up being a, a member at Kingston Heath, but there's quite a few clubs where they just knocked him back straight away because he was Shane Warne. Ricky Ponting t- tried to get to Royal Melbourne, didn't he? Yeah, well, Ricky didn't get into to, to Royal Melbourne. I mean, there's stacks, there's stacks and stacks of them. So, look... Um, 
I, I understand it because of, of what happened through COVID, but there's obviously going to be a lot of people like that who just think it's quite petty. Yeah. Mm. This is from Richard. Hey, guys, what happened to Craig Parry? He did some Japan tour after finishing the PGA, but he seems like he hasn't had a putt since. Pesta Pez, stopped playing golf and he's quite happy living on his boat in Sydney <laughs> Harbour. He, <laughs> just, he, he actually made, he secretly made millions and millions of dollars, Craig Parry. He did very and, well. Uh, and And... I have that much respect for him. I was a Schweppes player. I, I wore a Schweppes uh, visor for my whole career, and of course, so did Craig Perry. He wore the same. So I was at a lot of functions with him. I loved him. I really loved him, and I had that much admiration because you know the way he hit the golf ball. It, it wasn't like he was Adam Scott, but mentally, he was as tough a competitor oh, yeah. in the history, not just in Australia, ever. Yep. He, he was one of the toughest bastards you would ever, ever meet on the golf course. Yeah, when some players, when they get a sniff of a win, oh. another player comes to mind, Peter Senior. Yep, I Pete. mean, when he gets a sniff of Tough. victory, it's unbelievable Tough. how hard it is to beat him. And, yep. and going to, um, is it Richard's? Yeah, Richard's uh, message there. So I... So when Craig finished his time in the US, I think he had like a 10-year exemption after yep. he won at Doral. Remember, he yep. hold that yep. six iron, six iron yep. yeah, on the final hole. He got a long-time exemption from that. But when that finished, he was coming back to Australia, said he was going to go play Japan because he had an exemption there as well from however yep. many tournaments he won over there. And I ended yep. up renting his house at Alworth. Oh, did you? So that's oh. the reason I ended up at Alworth. Ah. I rented his house. And then we ended up buying and all that sort of thing. But... Um, yeah, he's all into his course design business these days, and I don't think he plays much golf anymore because I, he's probably one of those players that goes, well, if I'm not going to play at the level I remember, well, well why should I play? Mm. So I don't know how much time he gets out on the golf course. I know he loves designing them, and from what I can tell, he does a great job. He's got a great charity day at Medway Golf Club as well. Mm. Uh, and don't ever forget when he hold that six iron earlier in the week, Johnny Miller said he swings it like a, what, 14 handicapper or something? And, and he Might said, have even been more. And he said Ben Hogan would puke at that swing. That's ex- yeah. Yeah, uh, and, and he, he would have known that stuff. Oh yeah, he would have known that, and went on and won. That's how tough he was. Mm-hmm. He was tough. And Paz is living on a boat on Sydney Harbour now, pretty much. Yeah, well. Yeah. And yeah. At, at that tournament in Dural, he held the six iron. I think the guy he beat, another guy so tough to beat, was Scott Verplank. Oh, that's I think right. It was him. And Scotty, I tell you what, here's another guy who maximised what he had. Yeah. Unbelievable how good a player he was for the golf swing he had. Yep. Mm. All right, last bit of feedback, and end on a really nice positive one here from Adam McKenzie. Hey, guys, another great listen. This is on last week's pod. Another great listen and a laugh while at work. The tips have been spot on, too. This is the best golf podcast in the world. Great balance of tips, talk, news, and laughs. Oh, fantastic. Thanks for listening. We love doing it. Hey, uh, can someone bust out Timmy Trumpet, please? Oh, yes. (laughs) It is time for the Ping Global Results. Oh, how good is that? <laughs> so good. I love that. I love that intro now. Ping Global Results. My goodness. Okay, well, You're let's start off. Oh, I know. It's, this has got to be a good one, and, and it is actually. The DP World Tour Championship final event of the year. Rory going into it. He'd actually already won it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this is the fifth time he's won. Five. I didn't know that. He's won the tour. Now, he's still behind the record of Colin Montgomery, your favourite player. Yeah. He won eight. How many times in a row? Eight, eight order times of in a merit row. titles. I think eight, seven in a row. Seven in a row and won another one somewhere. Somewhere, yeah. It could have been eight in a row. Freakish. I'm not sure. Anyway, Freakish. but Nikolai Hoygaard, what a finish! 
birdies five of the last six. He actually missed about a five-foot putt on the last hole for six and on the bounce. Oh, did he really? I didn't yeah. know that. I know he bogeyed 12 and then birdied mm. the next five. And he was in the scorer's hut afterward looking a bit forlorn. I mean, he just shot eight under 64, and he's mm. thinking, these guys might be able to catch me here. But as it turned out, Victor Hovland, Tommy Fleetwood, Matt Wallace, yeah. they tried to eagle the last, but none of them could do it, unfortunately. Well, he so. came second last week as well. I had a look at the prize money. Mm. It's well and truly over 3 million euros in the last two weeks. Unbelievable. Not too bad. Now, there was a bit of a sub story for his brother Rasmus. Because the top 10 not already exempt oh, no. earn PGA Tour oh, no. cards from the DP World Tour now. They've got this new thing yeah. that's come in. I, I, I know Americans hate it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, I think it's Because it helps us. Well, we got... Ryan Fox, yep. New Zealander, he got a card. Uh, Adrian Moronk, Bobby McIntyre, who's coming down for one of our tournaments. Fantastic. Which is brilliant. Rio Hetsatsune, who comes down as well. He played they the, all the PGA. Might be over. Fantastic. Well, they, they've got PGA Tour cards now. But Rasmus, his brother, Nikolai already has his wrapped up. Rasmus, his brother, had it wrapped up. But then um, he ended up, what did he do on the last hole? He hit it in the water. Ended oh, up making no. par, though. Yeah. And then the Frenchman, Pavon. Birdies the last four holes Are to you, knock him out. Oh, you're kidding Knocked me. him out. So, so Rasmus So Pavon goes. Oh. Rasmus knock is won't be going over with Nikolai, but I'm sure he'll get some starts anyway, so he'll be just fine. Um, on the Australasian side of things at the event, uh, tied for 15th, Minwoo Lee, nice. nice result. Ryan Fox, 34th. Uh, Lucas Herbert, 38th. And Daniel Hillier, also tied for 38th. And the other thing that was happening last week, when the pod came out, we weren't quite sure how it was all going to unfold, but the DP World Tour Q School was on. Mm. Two players from Australasia got through. Seventh card goes to Sam Jones, a New Zealander. Fabulous. And admittedly, I don't know who Sam is, and I'm going to look out for him now. So I haven't seen him play yet, but West Australian Hayden Barron, oh, he good. got the 10th card. He played some phenomenal golf down the stretch. Three WA boys made the cut. Uh, the rest of the guys, unfortunately, didn't. Just on Hayden Barron, when I was looking at the stats for this year on our computer when we do the commentary, mm-hmm. guess who had the lowest scoring average on the Australasian PGA Ooh. Tour? Hayden Barron. Really? Yeah, oh, so no surprise when you look at that. He's an absolute flusher. Comes from great pedigrees. Dad, Dave, mm. is a good good mate of the families and a uh, good baseballer too. Good golfer, Dave. But uh, Hayden is well on his way there. Fantastic. Uh, Hayden Hopewell was unfortunately two shots off the mark and Connor McKinney didn't quite get mm. through the... They made the cut, but they didn't get their cards, but they will have full challenge to a status okay, for next good. year, I believe. So that's very good for them. Beauty. PGA Tour, the RSM Classic at Sea Island. I played this golf course and I didn't think it was that easy, but <laughs> <laughs> 27 under. Thank you very much. Oh. Ludwig, back-to-back 61 speed. Mackenzie Hughes by four strokes in the end. It was actually closer than that coming yeah, it down was. the stretch. Uh, on the Aussie front, Aaron Badley, type 64th. Cameron Percy, 77th. Uh, Bads keeps his card because this was the last yeah. event, the top 125. Just he, on Bads, have you seen the way he's setting up to the ball at the moment with the closed stance closed on stance. every single shot? And mm. not just a little bit closed. Not, you know, not Ben Hogan with the driver closed. It's 45 degrees with a six iron closed. 45 degrees. Is it that much? It's incredible how closed he is with the foot. And it's, mm. it's not so much just the... I don't know. It's What's not his he, hips. Is he releasing the hands or he's trying to turn through it? I don't or? know. It must I haven't just help it. him turn back or something. Wow. I, I don't know, but he's doing it and he's playing well. Okay. He's one with six kids. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> very true. <laughs> Last event of the season for the top 125. Keep their card. The Bubble Boy, your friend. Who? Carl Yuan. Oh, with, no. With the crazy finish. 
And he went he? from 125 to 126. Oh, you're joking. He got knocked out by Ryan Moore. That's who, a travesty. It is. I wanted to see that guy play more. They need more Carl Yuan on the do. PGA Tour. But they Ryan do. Moore had a great week and went from 128 to 118. So he was the only guy that knocked in. Good couple of weeks for Ryan Moore. He played yeah, well last good. week as well. But unfortunately, on the Aussie front, Cameron Percy finished 161. So he's outside the top 150, which is not great. They have another category, 126 to 150 on the PGA Tour. If you get within that... Then you'll probably get about a dozen starts. Harrison Endicott finished in that, at least. So, so what happens at 161? Corn Ferry? Um, Anything? Maybe some status there. Got to go back to Q School. All that sort of thing. Yeah, well. Yeah. On the LPGA Tour, the CME Group Tour Championship. So their final event of the season in Naples, Florida. South Korean Amy Yang. Definitely making my top five best swings. Really? I watched her swing it, <laughs> and it is pure. She well, won. Were they, they were 21 under par after three oh, rounds. What did they finish? 20, what did they finish? 27, 27 for Yang. 27 under par. And she won by, I think, two from uh, Allison, sorry, by three shots from Allison Lee and Nasa Hatayoka. And yep. they, she took home the $2 million prize, the biggest prize in women's golf. Nice. Phenomenal. She held wow. a wedge on the 13th for Eagle to take the lead and birdied the last two holes. And on the final hole, I think she's leading by one. No, she's leading by two. So there's a chance her playing partner, mm. and I thought, okay, this is going to be a good test to the golf swing. Never missed a beat. And really? hit it to about 10 feet, rolled it in for birdie. Thank you very much. Pre-shot the whole so lot. So pure. Yeah. Minji Lee was the best of the Australians, tied for eighth. Hannah Green. What's she shooting the last round? Because she was 23rd. up there. She, she was about fifth after three rounds. Yeah, I think she had 69, something like it's that in the final round. Uh, three under, I think. So. Three, under, three yeah. under and lost a bit of ground. Mm, wow. It was crazy. Uh, on the Ladies European Tour, Mallorca Ladies Open. There's only one more event left. The top 70 keep the cards. So there's quite a bit happening over there still in uh, Europe. Germany's Alexandra Fosterling had a five-shot win, but our own Kirsten Rudgley tied for 31st. So Good. she's going to keep her card. She's 43rd on, the, 43rd on the money list. On the Asian Tour, Indonesian Masters, India's Gunjit Bulla went wire to wire for a five-shot win over countryman Karandeep Kocha. Nice guy. this out with, with the I, red. I tell you, the red claws. The red helps you a lot. <laughs> the red claw red is beautiful right now. <laughs> so New Zealand, how's this? Uh, ben Campbell, he won in Hong Kong, yeah. finished third this week. He's rolling in the cash oh right God. now. He's rolling in the cash. Brilliant. But Jack Thompson had another good week, tied for 14th. Travis Smythe tied for 24th, another ping player. Mm. Uh, was the best of the Aussies. And then obviously on the home front, Victorian PGA Championship at Moonalinks, Lynx, Dave Michaluzzi. Final round 68, overran... Uh, Kazuma Kabori and Ben Eccles was uh, second, also shot a 68. And Eccles goes to number one on the order of merit at this stage after finishing second. Where did yeah. he have the win? The WA PGA in Kalgoorlie. Correct, yep. correct. So this week we've got the Australian PGA Championship. A lot of our big names coming back. Adam Scott, Cam yep. Smith, Minwoo. Can't wait to see that. But the other big news in golf, Tiger Woods. Yes. He has announced... He's playing the Hero World Challenge in Albany. Yeah, isn't that great? So I'm thinking he's going to test himself out. Four rounds of walking. Now, Albany, it's as flat as a pancake out yeah, there. I've yeah. been there. It's uh, the Bahamas Resort, all that yeah. sort of stuff, owned by Tavistock, which yeah. is uh, Isleworth Lake Nona. Never played the course. It looked pretty good because it was just being built when I was uh, when I was over there. So next year, the majors of these venues. Go Tell on. me which you think he might play. Valhalla, the PGA. No. Yeah, I don't think so either. No. Augusta's the Masters. Yes, no. he's going yeah, oh, to... I think he'll play. That's the hardest walk. Yeah, of I know, anything. but I think he'll play in the okay. Augusta. I All think right. he just loves going. Royal Troon, the British Open. Has to. Yeah. And the US Open, Pinehurst. It's pretty flat. Very flat. Yeah, very flat. I think flat. he will play that one. 
for yeah, sure. Okay. I'm thinking Pinehurst and Troon. I'm not sure about Augusta or Valhalla. Don't forget my prediction. I know. Where he will play the Champions yes. Tour in a golf cart, mm-hmm. get sharp for the majors, and he'll win one in his 50s. <laughs> he will win one in his 50s. If Phil, he'd be thinking if Phil Mickelson can win a PGA Championship at 51, he still probably thinks he can win until he's 55. Hey, you heard it here first, folks, on yeah. Talk Birdie to Me podcast. <laughs> that is the Ping Global results. Hang now on. Oh. There's one oh. more. Oh. I've just got to interject. Okay. Charlie Woods, his high school team won the state championship. (laughs) And and it's something that Tiger Woods never achieved. So Charlie has got one over his dad. He was only 14 years old. I think he's only a freshman in high school over there because only the last four years count. But they won the state championship. Hey, Dan, I think Mark's on the Charlie Woods watch. Yeah, I am. I oh, think he, he is full on into he this 100% Charlie Woods. Is. <laughs> hey, oh, before yeah. we get on to the, the top five, can I ask you a question about the Victorian PGA? Yeah. So I was watching on the weekend. You guys were yep. commentating, and I was on the couch with uh, my ass on the couch and a beer in my hand. Uh, that doesn't surprise anyone. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Jeez, come on. Uh, and I, I think it was, I think it was uh, maybe the 10th or 11th hole uh, on Sunday afternoon, yeah. and Mikaluzzi was on the hole, and he was measuring up a putt, and he was he looked at the hole, and he went back about three metres, and he crouched down for a little bit, and he had a look, and then he went back another... Twelfth hole. Twelfth hole. After he uh, hit that 50-degree thing, he was trying to hit it into the front edge, and it went to the back of the green. Yeah, so what was he telling me? Talk, talk me through what he was doing then. Well, what he was doing, it was a very, very long putt, obviously, so he's trying to break it down into sections, and that's what you can do on longer putts. If you've got a bit of a ridge to go up and over and down, and there might be two or three different sections to it, you break it down from the hole backwards. You look at the last section first, and you go, right, what's this going to do? Where does the ball need to be travelling when it gets to this Mm. area? And then you work back from there, probably another point, maybe a third of the way, and you go, right, I need to be this spot here to get it up and over this tier or whatever it was, and then back to the ball and away you go and that's kind of the best way to break down those longer putts especially when there's a tier or a ridge that you need to count that was a tricky one there was a few Mm. little sort of curves and sometimes when there's a really long putt and it's up and down hills you can't really see the hole where you're getting the ball to start so when you get on top of it when you're having those little strokes halfway you're just trying to picture how hard the ball is rolling at the top of that ridge yes and then you get back to where you're Mm. starting and then you kind of take the hole out of it it just Mm uncomplicates what they're trying to do. You're just trying to hit the ball at that middle spot at that pace. Yeah, perfect. And the other thing to remember on that is the first part of its journey is when you're hitting the the ball will be travelling the fastest. So that'll be the least amount of break it's going to have. It'll always break the most at the end. So work from the hole backwards is the best way. Well, it's time for this week's Top 5. My inspiration is mm. the 18th hole at the open course because it's... Mona Lynx. It's a, it's a really difficult, oh. difficult second shot. But once you get over all those bunkers in the middle, it's, it's actually okay. But it has a really unusual challenge it does. On, on that hole. I had to describe the flyover a couple of times. Yes. And it was very interesting. You did a pretty I, good job, actually. I visited most of those bunkers. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I started to think, all right, best final hole... In the world, best final holes in the world that don't host major championships because they've got all the good ones. They've, they've got all the famous ones. If 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 a champion, if a major championship has been played there, so I'm going to start at number five like we do, and I will never forget Christy O'Connor Jr. hitting a two iron over water from 220 yards to two feet to beat Fred Couples. 
in a Ryder Cup. So Mm -hmm. the 18th hole there has a special place. I also think it's where Jack Nicholas. No. No? No. He didn't give the putt to Tony Jacklin? No, I think that was at Wentworth. We'll have to look that up. Okay. Can you just look up? (laughs) Nicholas Jacklin, concession. You keep going, I'll look that up. Nicholas Jacklin, Where are you thinking it's at? I think it was at the Belfry. The Belfry, Where do you think it was at? I think it was at Wentworth, but I could be wrong. Now, the other famous shot, Seve, I think, hit a three-wood out of the fairway bunker there at the Belfry. (sighs) And Nick Faldo said it's the greatest shot he has ever, ever seen. seen because he thought there's no way he can get a three-wood out of this bunker. What about the driver that he hit onto the 10th? He hit it, oh, the water yes. on the front. That was at the Belfry as well. That's one of my favourite 10th. We should do a 10th hole because that one, <laughs> Riviera 10th, Royal Melbourne, West, there's so many good 10th holes. Anyway, we'll get to that another hang on, time. Hang on, it looks like we've got something. Royal Birkdale. Royal oh. Birkdale. <laughs> Both wrong. Goodness Wow, me. okay. Right. Jeez. Uh, so the Belfry stays as my number five. Okay. Okay, can I just, I like that. It's an unusual. Number four, you'll be happy, Coolum. It's an iconic 18th hole in Australia. And uh, whether you try to win a championship or in my case, you're trying to keep your card. It was always the last. I always seemed to come to that hole needing to make a par to keep my card. Or in John Daly's case, throwing the putter (laughs) way into the water (laughs) because he's so frustrated. So the 18th of Coolum is an absolute ripper. Number three. I don't speak about this hole very often, okay. but only the best have done well at the 18th at Lake Carinup. Only the best going around. And what did you have there to shoot the course record? 66. Did you have a birdie or a par on the final No, I got up and down from the front. I was leaking leaking that much oil. It wasn't funny. Uh, So it's a very good hole straight up the hill over this big thing. Yeah, anyway. I know the one. Number two, Royal Melbourne Composite. The 18th of the East is simply one of the greatest holes of all time. But I think a lot of people gravitate to my number one. It it just looks so beautiful and it is so iconic and it does not hold a major. Mm -hmm. It comes the week after the Masters 18 at Hilton Head. Oh, yes. Just superb. At Harbour Town. I love that hole. It is the widest. It's almost as wide a fairway as the first at St. Andrews. Are you scared to miss it, though? Yes. <laughs> the worst thing is you've got to carry it about, I'm thinking, 210 metres, 220 metres off the tee. Yeah. Typically, it plays a little downwind sometimes into, obviously, if it's the opposite. But uh, it's so wide. But then you don't want to go further than about 260, 270. So you can't go too far. If you go up the right, that's the ideal spot. But then you've got out of bounds along yeah. the right. So you've got to be wary of that as well. And then the second shot is so hard. But you've got the, the lighthouse in the background, such I, an iconic. I've never been there, but downwind, I always feel like the players need to flirt by going too far yes. so that they can hit a wedge that Short will actually clock. spin on that tiny green. Because if you're, if you're kind of in the middle and you're hitting an eight iron into it, wow. even the best players aren't getting the ball to stop. Yeah, I've hit six, five irons, seven irons into that green and it is... It's rock hard. Yeah, yeah, so, uh, yeah, you need something short coming in there if possible. Can't go left, obviously, because I don't know what sound it is. It's one of those sounds mm. or whatever they call it um, yeah. over there. So it's a great, great looking hole. Really good. It would have suited you, though. I like course. that top five. That's would, good. Would have suited you. Yes, yeah, so I had plenty of top tens there. Yeah, I bet. Uh, it is time for this week's. Masterclass. Yes, it is. And this Masterclass is dedicated to our Victorian PGA Championship Mm. winner, Dave Michaluzzi. You spoke a bit about it on the coverage, about the way he putts and what 
you spoke about is how he didn't stop moving. Everything mm. was moving, the feet, the hand, the head look, everything like that. And that's a great thing to do when you are actually putting. It sort of contradicts a lot of the old school teaching. You know, you need to yeah. stay as still as possible. Obviously, your head needs to be fairly still when you're hitting the putt. But other than that, up until the moment of impact, it's always a good idea to have just a little shuffle, a little feet tap. Something. Get the hands just sort of milking the shaft, the, the head bobble going back and forth. Brad Faxon actually posted a great video about this uh, maybe a year or two ago. He called it continual motion or we'll something find like it. that. We'll find it and post it as yeah, well. Yeah, we will. Although you're, you're about to do I'm going to do a, a masterclass on all this, but it's, it's all about not standing still and reacting mm. to the hole, which is very, very important. Something I think when a lot of people get on the greens is they freeze a little and they seize up and that affects your rhythm and your tempo. And if you watch Dave Michaluzzi putt on Sunday, I mean, he just mm. never looked like he was going to miss and he yeah. holds some clutch putts coming down the stretch. So I'll post it on socials. It's all about moving a little bit. The other thing was, <laughs> weirdly, I spoke about Brad Faxon, but I remember Ben Crenshaw mentioning I always part of my best when my head was moving. Yeah. That's what he used to say. Yes. It was phenomenal. Ridiculous. It yeah, but if you ever watch Ben Crenshaw putt, he was always moving around as well, yeah. and Faxon was very much the same, and I've always tried to do that with my putting as well. I know. I've always been a mover when I putted, but sometimes I was a freezer when I was hitting the ball. I would freeze. Ah. And I know when I froze when I was hitting the ball, <laughs> the only thing you can do when you freeze is think. Yes. That's, that's all you can do. But when you putt, you know, I was always a reasonable putter, then you just keep yourself active. Yeah. And you're not even worried. No. You're just moving, you're tapping your feet, you're kind of having a bit of a look. You got it. You don't actually think. But I know I, I, I had to try and fix the uh, freezing <laughs> over the ball because you've got nothing else to do. If you're not moving, you can only think. And that's the last thing you want to do when you're playing golf. Yep. Over the ball anyway. Nick, are you going to polish off that red wine? Uh, I think Dan and I might have yeah. another glass. You're okay. done, aren't you? No, I've got to so, go to the But it is a, a beautiful drop. And next week's going to be a big show because next week is the lead-in pod to... The Australian PGA. Oh, no, the Australian Open. Mm. Well, we've got both of them coming up. We've got two weeks in a row here. And how about this? It's the number one and number two weeks on the DP World Tour these days. Was last year, is this year. Fantastic to see us hooked up with the DP World Tour. Whoever wins in the next couple of weeks, hopefully, I, I, I'm always hopeful anyway, it's a young fella who gets a job oh, on the DP good? World Tour. Yeah. I would love it. Catch you next week. All right. Cheers, guys. Thanks for listening to Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen's podcast, Talk Birdie to Me. And if you're looking for some new gear, Ping is absolute top class. Ping help you play your best. Contact your local golf shop or professional and they'll sort you out. And the Golf Clearance Outlet, who beat everyone's prices. They're in Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane and Perth and online at golfclearanceoutlet.com.au got a favour to ask wherever you listen if you get a chance to rate and review the pod that would be fantastic and if you subscribe you'll never miss an episode talk birdies and his executive producer is dan bradley at kaizen media and sound design is by daryl misson at loudzebra.com